Welcome back to another episode of the Mixed Witches Podcast. I am recording on a new microphone today, so you might hear some um, feedback as I really haven't learned how to adjust it too much yet, but hopefully the audio sounds better than it usually does. And uh, yeah, we're moving up in the world, getting there little by little. Woo! It's, It's... By the time this comes out, it'll be April for me and uh, March 31st for you guys, and that's fucking nuts. First off, that's fucking crazy to me. Like, how did we get all the way over here again? I don't know. It just, like, I don't know. How is it? I don't know. (laughs) Like, why is this year flying by? No, honestly, why is this year flying by? Is it because we're allowed out of the house a little bit now? A little bit. Not a lot. Just a a tad. I don't know. Oh, my God. I just just thought about it. Like, I I can see my goal board, my goals board from here, which I keep on. It's a magnetized whiteboard that I keep on my fridge. And I'm, like, looking at it, and I can tell I didn't do any of it. I didn't work out at all this week. This, this week, this month. I didn't work out at all this month. I was shielding, trying, like, attempting to all month. I wasn't. <laughs> Glad you were. And I didn't, I didn't work on my third eye chakra. Like, most of it I didn't do. But I did do some oh. traveling, so I guess there's that. Some months, I some months I suppose that. there's going to be wins, and I guess some other months there's just not going to be. But the attempt is made. That's the important part, I suppose. <laughs> I wanted to start um, trying to tap into the elements to see if any of them resonate because I've never done that before. And I also wanted to try like some of the different types of like witchcraft and diving into them to see like if any of them resonate. Oh, that's a good one. I've also never done that before. Right. I think April's... Um, like spirituality goal for me is going to be, you know, we were just talked about this, like finding our, my patron gods and goddesses instead of we, mostly we've just done it off of intuition. So now like the whole point is to verify that they are the ones. I think that's going to be the goal for April. I have a few spiritual goals, but more like, it's hard to explain because we have been doing this podcast, and of course, all of 2020, we were just like, dipping our toe into lots of stuff. I think it's more being like, linear, instead of like a tree with a lot of branches. Right. Finding what works for us and sticking to that kind of road. Like, yeah, or like, I just feel like there's some stuff we kind of glossed over. Yeah. Like. 
meditating or shielding and grounding and all that stuff like you know what it is but you never really sit down and do it I kind of feel like April's gonna be that sit down and do stuff type month yeah I started like I started meditating again last week because I finally made my um my little nest in my closet like I was talking about and it has this really nice like 15 pound weighted blanket it's red and it's fluffy and I've got a plushie like a huge plushie in there and it's really nice so I've been like going in there at night like I'll take 15 minutes to go in there and meditate and then I'll come back out and continue what I whatever I needed to be doing that sounds good yeah so the steps the first steps I definitely think I need to be sleeping with the weighted it changes things it really does. <laughs> I mean, I still have, like, nights where I don't sleep well, and I usually still sleep with, like, holding something, but it does, like, change how well I sleep. This is not yeah, this is not a weighted blanket ad. <laughs> no, but I, I've also been sleeping, like, I've been hugging a pillow because it just helps me sleep better. Yeah, I got... Um, so maybe I need a blankie, like, a, a weighted one. Yeah, I I got a a a deer plush from Miyajima, which Miyajima is known for its deer, which is why it has deer everything there. And I got a deer plush, and that's usually what I hold on to because it's kind of shaped like a pillow and it's super super soft. And that's what I've been using, and it helps. Like if I sleep on my back and I put it on my chest, it helps a lot. And then put the weighted blanket you know over top of it. it is? What? Another form of grounding. You know, it's probably that's all you're doing, isn't it? Like that's all we're really when you sleep with a weighted blanket or like with an object or what have you, all you're doing is just grounding yourself. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing that I do when I go into my closet to meditate. Like I hold, I either yeah. lay my head on the plush or hold the plush, and then lay the weighted blanket on top of me, and I meditate like that. It's interesting. You know, I think as you're as you're talking about it, I think what what works is like the segmenting of energy. Because mm. I feel I sometimes feel this like when you do everything in one space, even if you live in like a place with a lot of rooms, right? Like you have a bedroom. I feel like if you do something like in one place, it starts to feel like the energy has nowhere to go. Right. Whereas if you kind of have, like, I'm kind of thinking of a house, right? You cook in a kitchen, you have a living room, you have a bathroom, like, everything's separated. I kind of feel like that's part of it. Separate, having separate places for separate things. Yeah. I've been trying to work on, like, even even if I'm tired and I want to go lay in my bed while I'm doing my homework, that's one thing I won't allow myself to do. I'm not going to bring my my school stress into my bedroom because my bedroom's kind of like it's where I go to sleep so it means that's where I'll be de-stressed and stuff like that. Right. And trying not to bring that kind of energy into my room. I get it. <laughs> I understand. Uh, okay. So, I go first today, and since I just did uh, a, the Ostara episode, I'm going to be talking about the deities of spring, 
which Ryan and I kind of discovered something interesting while I was researching these because I was on, we were, we were talking the entire time, which is why we're like recording this super late comparatively to what we usually record. (laughs) But, um, we kind of discovered something while I was recording that I had a very hard time finding spring deities. And we kind of think, besides the fact that not like all information can be found on the internet, sometimes you actually have to read, which I don't have the liberty of just buying books left and right just to read about these deities for one segment. Um, Yeah. But we kind of found that in places in the world where weather is, well, not weather, but like seasons are more kind of, they kind of run together as compared to places that have legitimate four seasons. I didn't find spring deities in those kind of places. Like I tried to find one for Yoruban culture. I tried to find one for um, Hawaiian and I, I just couldn't find any. <laughs> so I don't know if they just weren't popping up and I don't know about them or those cultures legitimately just don't have them. So this is kind of going to be a short, like a short segment compared to my other deity um, episodes. But I do have some. <laughs> On top of that, I want to say that I think I said... I wasn't going to do spring deities, and here I am, lying. (laughs) (laughs) Out here lying to you guys. But I'm going to do it anyways. Clearly, I'm doing it. (laughs) Um, And I'm also going to preface this before I go into the whole thing, that uh, spring deities are often also fertility deities, which as such, are usually female. I didn't find too many gods associated with spring, but I did find a few. But most of the time you're going to find spring deities are also fertility deities, and men are usually not associated with that. All right, so I'm going to start off with Greek slash Roman, as I usually do. And this is... Near and dear to my heart because Persephone is my bitch. I love her. She's a badass bitch. Her Roman counterpart counterpart is a uh, Prospina, Prospina, Prosepina, Prosepina. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a uh, one of them. Yeah, one of those. One of those pronunciations. We'll say Prosepina is her Roman counterpart. Persephone was originally known as Kor, if you did not know, and Kor means the maiden, while her name as Persephone that we know her as, she, uh, her name means she who destroys the light. I'll get into, not get specifically get into that name, but I'll kind of get into why her name means she who destroys light. I'll get I'll get into that a little bit. Because I did the most for Persephone since she's the one I know the most about. And she's my 
patron goddess. Like, she's the one I follow. My chosen, at the moment, that I will be verifying later this month. But she's the one I did the most about. So, she is the daughter of Zeus and Demeter, and she is Hades' wife, as we all know. As such, that makes her also the queen of the underworld. So she's kind of like the perfect... If you ever felt like you were a goth, but you didn't want to dress like a goth, Persephone's kind of, you know, that. That's kind of her aesthetic. I know we all, like, dress her in, like, black and leather and, like, badass goth bitch kind of energy, but she's also the goddess of spring, so you know she's wearing, like, flowery dresses and being super cute and all that good jazz. That's, that's the energy I think of when I think of Persephone. <laughs> Uh, she is the goddess of spring, growth, grain, as well as being a fertility goddess, like I mentioned. Her, uh, her and Hades' story is the way, one of the ways, one of the ways, because there's very, very many ways they explained the turning of the seasons, but their story is one of those. Yeah, the Greeks are like, how many myths did you want for spring? How many can we explain? Cool. <laughs> how many different ways can we explain this? Too many. Um, but if you don't know the basic story of Persephone and Hades, according to the Greeks and the Romans, they prescribed to this as well. Hades fell in love with Persephone and then abducted her. And there was a bargain struck. I'm not going to go all into it, but there was a bargain struck with Demeter, Hades, and Zeus that for half of the year, Persephone lived with Hades in the underworld, which is fall and winter for us, because Demeter is so disparaging that her daughter's not with her. She killed, like... The, she literally just kills the land with her despair, essentially. And then the other half of the year, Persephone goes to live with her mother, which is spring and summer. So that's the basic telling of how the seasons work for them. The, the, I'm going to talk about this because it... it yeah. I'm going to talk about this because it really pisses me off. <laughs> I'm just so so chuffed up about this. And I already went on a whole rant to Ryan early about it. But I was reading a lot because I fell into a rabbit hole of researching Persephone and Hades. And there's a lot of writings about the Rape of Persephone and the Homeric of Demeter, which are the two stories that talk about Hades kidnapping Persephone. And I, I just, I remember reading through them and I remember having the thought in my head, that's not how it went down, Mary. Which obviously, like, there's very few, there, there's very few other tellings about how there was more stories before those two stories. And most of those stories don't 
include Hades at all. It talks about Persephone. It talks about how she was adventurous and she went down into the underworld herself on her own because she heard the uh, the souls of the damned crying and went down to comfort them. There's stories like that. Most of them are like Persephone just being like, huh, I wonder what's down here. Let me go check this out. Or on the flip side, there are tellings of Persephone before she was core, essentially, where she was only known as the queen of the underworld, and this was before they they talk about Hades. So before Hades, before core, Persephone, by some, were revered, what were, was revered as the queen of the underworld already. I should I should say revered and feared, <laughs> but she she was revered as the powerful and destructive being that oh, you're talking about it. We portray her as sometimes. It continue yes. It what? Makes, it, well, now that you're talking about it in that way, it makes sense because Aphrodite is seen as the evolution that Inanna, Astarte, and Ishtar took when Babylon no longer existed and it became sort of Greek. That is how we get Aphrodite and why there's so many connections. If you take it in that way, Eresh Kigal, being her sister, was a, a, was an underworld goddess on her own. Mm. There's actually a bit of a story that's a lot like Persephone and Hades for her, except more violent, which is also up for interpretation. But she okay. didn't... She was the queen of the underworld, and she has some consorts. So in that regard, it would make sense that evolutionarily, they would have just taken that just like they did for Aphrodite. Right. So there would be, like, way early Greek stories that are more in line with that than they would, than they evolved to be different. Right. So... <laughs> now that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> so, like... Going away from the rant I was just having, um, Ryan was talking about how all of these, when, when you're looking to take on a god or a goddess as, like, your patron and to work with them and such, you kind of have to read the myths and remember who they were written by because everything is up for interpretation, like, that's the also, whole... we're translating these from ancient languages that we don't speak. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> from dead ancient languages. So, I personally prefer not to ignore, but, like, I don't know how to explain this without saying that I'm ignoring the original Greek tale. Because... Well, I always believed that she was, like, kidnapped, like, she was taken against her will, but I always felt like it was her will to stay there. Right. I always felt like he did just come snatch her and be like, hey, you coming home with me now. But it always felt like afterwards it was just like, okay. Now I kind of like it here. You, you right a little bit. Right. <laughs> you a little right. <laughs> like. You a little right. What, what I don't. Um, enjoy about the stories because Kor is a very powerful goddess like like what the fuck is the the fact that they <laughs> victimize her <laughs> right, she, be 
something. Yeah, she becomes a victim. She becomes a damsel, even though we know that previously before this, she was a very, very powerful goddess of the underworld. So, questions. I have them. But, also, I would like there to be a little bit less Demeter hate. Like, I literally don't blame her for the way a tantrum. Yeah. her kid. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like sometimes Demeter gets, like, I don't know. Like a bad rap. I don't disrespect, disrespected, but it is, like, maybe kind of, does she throw it out of proportion or whatever? And it's just like, no. No. That is her, that is her child. Who just got snatched. I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Nobody gets to eat. <laughs> Bring me my child. Bring me my daughter. <laughs> we have no vegetation. No plants are going to grow because you took my kid. Cry about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh! I had a whole point to that. Any? Oh, oh, oh! I remembered because um, during these writings that I was reading, these articles that I was reading going through as my research for Persephone, because this seems to have become a Persephone episode so far, <laughs> and not a Spring Goddess episode, but we'll get to the rest of them. Uh, in my readings of the articles, a lot of them were, like, complaining about the sanitation of the original myths. And here's what I think, is I don't... I don't think there's an issue with changing the story. Yes, we know what the original story was, but we, we're changing it so it's not that anymore. I don't, like, I don't know how to explain this better. I think I have something, because I feel that way about a particular story, and that is Isis and Osiris, because that has necrophilia in it, technically. Yeah. Ignoring that is like, you could complain because it's like, well, that's not how it originally went. Okay, but also the, these stories are ancient and ancient people thought things differently. So, on the one hand, things are metaphors. On the other hand, we don't see it that way. They also used to sacrifice themselves and animals, and we don't do that either. Right. So, I think there's nothing really wrong with kind of going, we don't see things that way anymore. So that aspect of the story is can, irrelevant. Yeah, it can way. get like removed, which is why you see the removal of Hades abducting Persephone and like everybody changing it so that it's... Uh, uh, like a like like a relationship people would aspire to is <laughs> you don't like there's so much mess between like Zeus and Hera you're not seeing people aspiring to be that kind of couple because there's so much negativity on their end like it it's would almost be impossible to change all of it you could nobody's saying that you can't but yeah, point being is I don't see a problem with removing aspects that don't line up with how we think of the world nowadays. And that was... Right, because if you if you realize, like, a lot of myths just have, like, rampant murder. Right, <laughs> all over the place. And we don't live in that kind of society, so... Not only that... No reason to... <laughs> 
like I I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of like the 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 myth of um oh my gosh. Orion because from from one aspect like Artemis killed him on accident. On another aspect it was a scorpion, whatever. But like there's just rampant murder and one upping through murder or like those are just rampant. Or other Somebody's things. killing somebody else and we don't you I mean we don't see the world that way. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm We don't live in like a world of like fight to the death and duels and what have you, so Right. We don't have to fight every single day to keep living, essentially. Right. My my thoughts when you started talking about that kind of went to the the story of the Minotaur. And how yeah. he became, like, how he came into the world. And nobody nobody really talks about what Zeus did, so... We don't talk about it. No, nobody talks about how that happened. We don't or, want to talk about Zeus. Or like, the, swan, the swan story with him, or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, speaking of... Okay, the other example is, like... If anybody, since now we live in a world full of Marvel movies coming out left, right, center, flying out of Marvels, but <laughs> people are really interested in Loki right now, and let me tell you, dear young woman who wants to actually get into Loki, I'm sorry. I'm going to say sorry, because there's going to be a lot of stories there that is going to be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I could have not read that, that's <laughs> fine. That is uh, problematic. Like, you see it, like, in Egyptian stuff, in Norse stuff, in, in, in Celtic stuff. Like, it's just rampant stories full of things that we just don't do anymore as a society. Right. So. I guess. I'm thinking of the whole, the fact that two of Loki's kids are animals. Yeah. So I'm thinking of the, like, I'm like, the hmm. seven-legged horse and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and your, your Mangander. Yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. Also, the, well, if you wanted to change it in a positive way, there are plenty of stories that we change as society because we think differently now. There's a lot of like the grim fairy tale <laughs> that we just ignore. Yeah, I'm also thinking of like the grim fairy tales. Yeah, Disney sanitized the hmm. stories, but okay. But I didn't want to see Cinderella cutting off her toes and such. Yeah, nobody wanted to and see her that. Sisters, like no. If you want to know the original story, what you do is you go read the original story and you say, hmm, I like this better, or hmm, you know what, I do prefer the sanitized version more. It's oh, like, you mean the fact like Sleeping Beauty has two twins while she's still asleep, meaning you know what happened? Yes. And... I don't gotta tell y'all, you know what happened. You know what happened. And on top of that, that wasn't even her prince. That wasn't her prince. That was her dad. Well, there's at least 15 stories for Sleeping Beauty, which I don't know why the ancients would like that as well. Oh, God. That's right. I mean, 15 stories explaining the same story. I mean, I kind of I kind of get it because a lot of stories were passed down um, verbally. So things change right. when you pass them down verbally. So I could understand why there would be 15 different retellings because everybody kind of puts their own spin on this verbal story they got told as a kid. Right. Oh, it's like, I'll have to tell you about the Little Red Riding Hood myth. She oh, literally got cut out of that wolf. Yeah. Cut out. That wolf was gutted. 
I think didn't Hoodwink go into that that whole thing? Actually, yeah, I think I think they did a little. Bit. I think I, I I think Hoodwink touched on that. Yeah. We ignore that part. We sure as fuck do. Oh. We also Sorry. ignore a lot of the problematic pieces of like Peter Pan and shit like that. Oh. We don't talk about those either. For sure. Point we don't being, talk about a lot of things. Yeah. People are real particular about what they want to be sensitive about. Yeah. Point like point being is no matter what god, goddess, deity, whoever you're looking at to become a patron of to follow to work with, there's going to be problematic things with their stories for all of them. You will not find one uh-huh. god, goddess, deity or king or anything. You'll never find any of them that does not have a problematic story somewhere. We literally treat our celebrities like that. Celebrities can't do anything wrong. As soon as they do, they're canceled. And it's like, you all forgot their people. And they make mistakes. Right, they're going to screw up and maybe do something you don't like. But they're allowed Excuse to me. That. I burped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the, that's the whole point of that rant. <laughs> I think I can continue now. You guys know how I feel about Persephone now. And how much I love her. Well, I lo- you know, but that's... Also, going off what you're saying, I love Aphrodite, too. Did she, did she not cheat on her husband multiple times with Ares? All yes. the time. Yes. Every day. <laughs> Every damn day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Go on. <laughs> going on from Persephone... And my long-winded rant about her explanation about her story, whatever you want to call it, um, is Zephyrus. And he is the god of spring and the west wind. Apollo is his rival. And one time, he, he found his good old crush, Hyacinth. Hyacinthus. Uh, Hy- Hyacinthus. Hyacinthus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, no, no, you're right. No, yeah, because I I didn't read into the story, but I think this is where the flower hyacinth came from. But anyways, the his, I would assume. His Honestly. crush's name is Hyacinthus. And he found Hyacinthus playing a game with Apollo one time, went into a jealous rage, and killed him by accident. So Zephyrus. What? Yeah. That's what he did. <laughs> this man. Killing his crush. <laughs> uh, next, we have Egyptian. And that is uh, Renpet. She is the goddess of fertility, spring, and youth. And was also known as the Mistress of Eternity. Her name was also used to express the term for the year. She is depicted as a woman wearing a palm shoot over her hand, over her head. I did not look up what a palm shoot was. My bad. I didn't think about it. I thought, oh, look, palm shoot. Let me just write that down and not look it up. Anyway, uh, she was considered an aspect of Isis. For the Norse, we have Idun or Idun, and she is the goddess of spring, eternal youth, and rejuvenation. She is the wife more of, youth. what? More youth. More youth. More youth. 
she is the wife of Bragi, and she would hoard apples that grant immortality that would allow the gods to retain their youth. But the caveat for these apples is that they don't keep them from dying because of Ragnarok. So they'll continue to live and look beautiful and young forever. But if Ragnarok comes around, they're still dead. That's it. And then we have Balder, which I believe I talked about Balder during uh, one of the Christmas episodes. One of the Christmas-y episodes. Probably the Yule one. But Balder is the god of light, peace, spring, forgiveness, and purity. He is the son of Odin and Spring. And he was eventually killed by a plot designed by Loki. And this was the whole mistletoe story. And mistletoe was the only thing that didn't um, pledge never to kill Balder. And, you know, Loki does what Loki does. Pod is uh, the one who actually killed him. But Loki was the one who planned it. So. Another. (laughs) Talking about Loki earlier. Loki. Just, just that bit. I actually can't remember why Loki did it. I, I want to say it had something to do with like matter? jealousy, but you know, Loki. Loki does what Loki does. does. Do anything. Because he just, he just wants to. <laughs> Next, He's we like the Joker. I don't try to make sense of what you do. <laughs> uh, honestly. Honestly, I laughed and then I was like, but honestly. (laughs) Next we have Japanese, which is Konohana Sakura uh, Sakuya, Sakuya Hime. And she is associated with springtime and cherry blossom trees. And her name means lady who makes the trees bloom. She is the goddess of the sacred site Mount Fuji and all volcanoes in Japan. For Chinese, we have Go Meng, which is the god of spring. He looks after... I, wrote, I thought I wrote Easter. No, he looks after the eastern corner of the world, and he is the green dragon spirit of the east. For Celtic, which I already talked about this earlier, and these are going to be the last two gods because, like I said, I had a hard time finding spring gods and goddesses. Um, but Ostara, I talked about her in, um, the Ostara episode, you know, named after her. Uh, anyway, (laughs) she is the goddess of spring, fertility, and rebirth, and her symbol, symbols, symbols include white rabbits, eggs, and spring flowers. And then we have Brigid, or Brid, Bridge, Brid, Brig. I don't remember how to say her Bridge. I don't remember how to say her name. Brigitte? Anyway, she has a lot of different names, but (laughs) any variation of there in, I suppose. Us Americans over here just bumbling over this name. Well, it's the same. It's like how Samhain looks like it should be said Samhain, but it's not. And I, if I remember correctly, that's how, like, her name is, is. Like, it looks like Brigitte. But it's not said Brigid. You know what? I want to say it's said Breed. I want to say that's how it's supposed to be said. Anyways, don't don't quote me on that. Just look it up. 
Just y'all got y'all figured out. Anyways, uh, she is another goddess of spring, fertility, life, poetry, and the dawn. And she is celebrated at the festival of Imbolc along with the first stirrings of spring. Her name is where the word bride is derived from. And that's what I have. Woo. Woo. What do you have? Spring. I have the third and the fourth house in astrology for us today. Yay. I've decided to lump these together because they're, it's not that hard and there's not, like, you can't get that deep. So it'll be a lot easier doing them, like, two at a time than it'll be one at a time. Right. So, the third house is called the House of Communication, and it is ruled by Gemini and the planet Mercury. So, the third house is the territory of the mind, indicating how we develop language and our style of communication. If you have any planets here, it will develop, it will develop, no, it will influence your mental perception and how you express your ideas. Also in this house is how we interact with the world around us. And it's like the house of um, short trips, like around town. It governs that. Mm. Specific. Whereas the ninth house is like traveling the world. Ah, uh, okay. I'm like, this is just little, this is, this is little trips. Little baby trips. Right. Which also means it, when it's influencing, interacting with the area around us, that includes specific people, like your siblings, immediate family, neighbors, school friends, the people you interact with on the short level, you know, the people who are in your immediate vicinity that you see all the time. Excuse me, I have words also. It also um, influences our preferred forms of transportation and how we network with others. So the third house, and in turn, Mercury, the planet, and, well, I won't say the god, but the planet, since I haven't gotten there yet, but the deadly Mercury rules cars, boats, trains. It's how we get around. He rules all that. <laughs> when your car breaks down, you know who to blame. When your car, just remember, have a little altar in your uh, in your car to Mercury. So whenever you think he's about to fuck you, just be like, please, please, God, please don't do this to me. Oh, when it's in retrograde, expect your car to break down. Oh, God. Or, you know, your bus ticket to be void or something. Just expect that. Garbage. <laughs> don't go nowhere. Stay in your <laughs> Stay home. <laughs> oh, literally. This house also describes our early education and our approach to gaining knowledge and how school environment makes us feel. It's also the house of written and spoken word, which is writing, talking, emails, texting, letters, social media, your cell phone, computers, conversation, ideas, your thoughts, and how you understand those thoughts, all of that governs your brain, basically. 
for those of y'all, I've actually been analyzing my natal chart, and I'm not very sensitive to it. So I will pull up an example, because I analyzed my third house. I can tell you what it kind of said, especially if y'all have this. My third house is in Capricorn, which was funny because, speaking of, so early education, as in, I don't like to work with other people. And they were right, I don't. (laughs) But it meant I was a bit of a loner in school. That's how I saw school. I didn't necessarily want to make friends. Whereas if you maybe had a third house in Libra, you probably made a lot of friends. You like to go to school because you thought everyone's going to be at school. You were that kind of kid. Everybody's going to be there, so I want to be there. And the two of us are like, everybody is there, so I don't want to be there. No, literally us over here being like, that's why I don't want to go. The only it reason. also meant that, you know, depending on what your third house, is, third house is, it probably influenced how you saw homework and projects and classes. I have some right here that says I wasn't down, <laughs> <laughs> which was fair. Third house in Capricorn also says you may have an introverted communication style. So if your third house is in the fire sign, you're probably very talkative. You raised your hand a lot asked questions a lot. Whereas if you had it in an earth sign or a water sign, you probably didn't do that. Mm-hmm. A fire sign or an air sign, you're probably very vocal in class or, you know, you were probably the, the leader of a project. You, you talked to the class and everybody probably stood behind you because you were okay with doing that. In fact, I was probably one of those people being like, who wants to do it? Because I don't. (laughs) Shy sure as fuck do not. (laughs) And if your third house was in a fire sign, you were the person I picked, and I'm grateful for you. (laughs) I wasn't going to do it. (laughs) It says, Capricorn in the third house may prefer writing as a means to reach others. So you may be a texter. You may not like to make phone calls. Oh. If you have it in an earth sign or a water sign, you may not like to make phone calls. But a fire sign or an air sign may be down to make phone calls. You may be the type of person like, oh, let's just talk on the phone. Texting takes too long. I feel that way sometimes, though. But that depends on the person. I 100%. That depends on the subject. I feel that way only about something serious. I would 100% would rather text than talk any day. If I'm not in person. If I have the choice of being in person and I need to talk to you about something, I'd rather do it in person as long as it's not like, an emotional subject for me like if it's work related I'd rather talk to your face but otherwise if it's like personal related or like anything else I'd rather text I'd much rather text well that's how I feel about like making phone calls I would rather not but if it was something like work related or if it was like something serious I I'd rather talk on the phone I don't want to text I don't want to email because that's taking too long and I'm gonna get anxious (laughs) the the way that I see it for me like I'd rather not make the phone call because a text can be clear and I I feel like I misconstrued people's spoken words a lot more than I do their written words so I'd rather write them about it. I, we are two different people but we're kind of similar people. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no cuz <'cause, laughs> just, just look at my chart for something. <laughs> <laughs> That also 
also has to do. Well, I was actually thinking it's funny you say that because as far as aspects are concerned, then you're out. You would actually be that person I just said. You would have a third house in Libra. But you're a good example of where you, what planets you have there. Because I actually have Neptune in my third house, which means that somebody like if you if you were like a third house in Capricorn and you had your moon there or you had a Pluto there, oh, you would be way more strong in this aspect. But if you had like a Venus here or I have my Neptune here, it kind of means that that's soft, like very light. If you had your sun here, bro, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know to tell you, fam. I don't know. <laughs> Figure it out, I guess. Probably fine. <laughs> Probably means you're very, like, just, I won't say talkative, because that's not the word I'm thinking. Open to communication if you have a stun here. I don't know. You can look it up. Like huh. I did. We're talking. Oh, fuck, you were right. <laughs> you said third house, right? Yeah. Yeah, my third house is in Libra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you right. <laughs> we'll see if you're right about the fourth house too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not because our, you our have singer like multiple placements. I'm I'm guessing just based on just guessing, but like because I have my my eleventh house straddles two signs, mm. but it's based off. Of, well, it's based off of the cusp, so it it matters more where it starts than not where it finishes. Right. 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 But. My 11th house just straddled two signs, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just funny because you said, you you went and said you're a good, <laughs> you're a good example of somebody whose third is in Libra, and then I went and checked, it's like, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, okay. <laughs> you're right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, my moon is, well, see, I that's why I say that, because Libra. your moon is in Libra. Yeah, I forget that. So that would influence that. The moon isn't a sad planet, but it is like a closed off planet. Right. So if you feel that would be, that's why. Anyway. Anyway. Third house. Third house. It's how you communicate. <laughs> For the sibling aspect, I didn't write this down. I do have a sibling. But it could be, it would depend on whether or not you're close to your siblings or if you're not close to your siblings. I do tend to, you know, you don't have any siblings, that's a vote. <laughs> your, parent, your parents didn't have anybody else but you, and that don't matter to you. You don't care. It's also fair enough, I did. I was not friends with my neighbors. Well, I was friends with some of the girls mm. that lived around, but generally I was staying in my house. Yeah, I had some, like, neighborhood friends when I was younger. Like, when I was... Yeah eight and stuff but once I moved middle schools again I didn't I didn't do that anymore I just stopped really having friends in general but you know that's the that's the 11th house we're not <laughs> oh trust the astrology my natal chart told me about myself <laughs> like oh you're right oh oh <laughs> So the fourth house is the house of family and home. And it is ruled by cancer and the moon. So the fourth house describes our home and place of safety and retreat, both literally and metaphorically. Like literally the house you live in 
and also your idea of home. So the fourth, oh wow, I like how I said that because I just wrote that down. <laughs> the fourth describes both our concept of home as a place of retreat and belonging, as well as the bricks and mortars of the house we live in. It also encompasses real estate. So if you're looking to get real estate or not looking to get real estate, you'll look to your fourth house. Also your second house. You're welcome. <laughs> you are so, a welcome. The fourth house is where we hold our ideas of our blood family and the family we make for ourselves. The fourth reflects the desire to belong and for those with personal planets in this house, a sense of being from somewhere might be particularly important. If you have, you see what planet? Also, let me not, let me make sure I'm not going to talk about myself. <laughs> Just dime yourself out. <laughs> right. Well, I have, okay, so I was about to say this. I have Uranus in my, my fourth house. Mm. Um, you're having, I don't feel this way particularly, but I was going to say, if you have Uranus in your fourth house, because it is a bit of the rebellious planet, you might be one of those people that feel like an alien. You might be one of those people who says, I'm from somewhere, I'm from a different planet, I'm an alien. The black sheep of I, the family, essentially? Right. Mm. For sure. Oh, this, when I googled my fourth house, yeah, it told me about myself. <laughs> <laughs> this was like, oh, if you happen to have, if you were to have, you know, a Chiron placement here, you might have, like, really deep family wounds. You might have, there might be pain here. You might feel the need to, you might be one of those people who grows up and goes, I don't want to do it the way my parents did. I want to live a different way. I don't want to do it the way I saw it happen. You have a wound there. If you have your son here, you may feel very, um, family is really important to you, probably. Or your house. You may want to live somewhere specific, probably. Or want to own a house. You know, all of that feels very important. You may want to own a lot of real estate. There's going to be a lot of emphasis there. Depending on your placements in your seventh house, you may be one of those people who really wants to get married. Like, that's really important. You have a lot of placements in your fourth and your seventh. You may be one of those people being like, nah, bro. I gotta get married. I cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> Marriage fourth is a high also priority. Our sense of the, yeah, just like. I also have my south node in my fourth house, which honestly, no. <laughs> I just feel lucky if you don't have it. You know, wherever yours is, just feel happy getting there. If it is there, I feel you. <laughs> I don't actually, I don't, I don't know. I, I have to check. I had to finagle my chart because it doesn't automatically. I had to, like, make sure. I had to click the thing to put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> Although, well, we're not going to get, I'm not there yet. We're not doing nodes yet. We're not in planet things yet. Although, that's not a planet, but whatever. Fourth house is also... Our sense of the past as both personal ancestry and the concept of history. It is where we hold the notion of cultural inheritance and connections to homeland and the ancient ideas of guardianship of. 
So if you wanted to do um, past life stuff, especially if you have a node here, whether your true node or your south node, because that is where we hold karma, if you wanted to do past life regression or meditation or you wanted to do ancestry-based things, that was that's the house you want to look at. Which I find very interesting. It says, here we find an inner center of gravity in terms of developing a place of safety within ourselves. The fourth can also be thought of as the home of the mother. Now, some people reevaluate this, sort of how we were just saying about myths. Some people reevaluate this to be the nurturing parent, not necessarily the mother, but it is like the home of the homemaker. It is the, the nurturing parent whereas the 10th house is the breadwinner, which, of course, we see the gender roles in that. But right. it could be applicable, because that could literally be your house. It could be that mom, that was how your mom was, and your dad was the breadwinner. So, But it could be the other way around. So they're really, a lot of people interpret it more fluidly, as in this is where you hold your relationship and your feelings for the more nurturing parent houses, breadwinner. Also because Cancer and the Moon are very, um, they're like mother aspect, but also nurturing aspects. Because of course you could be a male and be a Cancer, so you wouldn't be a mother. That is also why we have like the Moon with, you know, all of the mom stuff and, and birth and menstrual cycles and what have you. So, if anybody was curious, my fourth house is an Aquarius. Oh. So... I, would, I was saying oh, but uh, I, c I can't remember if Aquarius is a water or an air sign. It's a water sign, right? It's an air sign. Oh, okay. Then it doesn't matter. Ignore me. No, because yours is in Scorpio. Yeah. Why do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. That's why I was like, oh, no. Yours, yours, is, in, yours is in Scorpio. No. Yeah, why do you remember that? <laughs> because it's just, because I remember what your ascendant is. Oh, so you just, okay. Because, so, yeah. I get it. I understand. <laughs> I just follow the wheel. I understand. <laughs> this is how you can tell that I'm not the astrologer person in this relationship. <laughs> in this co-hosting partnership. Two different witches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of y'all I mean like I said I don't have any sensitivities I have uh, I've had a lot of home issues but literal home issues I've moved a lot and not had a home often which is exactly what happens when you have your fourth house in Aquarius which I was like right <laughs> <laughs> great you're right again also if you have divorced parents that has to be Damn, your fucking chart just reading you no. for filth. My chart's just... My chart's like, world, this is your life. <laughs> Fourth house at Aquarius also could mean you may not have strong emotional ties to your family or have a place you think of as home. 
It also could be if you have an air placement here and maybe even a fire placement here, it might be a very, um, might be where you hold a lot of wanderlust, that, that feeling of, I, I haven't found my home yet. Where do I belong? Where is home? Where she be? Also, having Uranus here, as I said, could mean like you feel that, could mean that it resonates, it manifests as you feeling like you're not from here, as in Earth. <laughs> that you're from somewhere else. You may be a star seed, actually, or you could have had a chaotic home life if you have Uranus here. Uranus is a generational planet, so it matters more personally what house it's in than its sign because it's generational, so everybody's going to have it in that sign. You and everybody else in your generation, you know, me and everybody else who was born around a certain level of time is going to have their Uranus in Aquarius. Mine just happens to be in the fourth house. But wherever Aquarius is in your chart is where you're gamble you just gotta spin the wheel it's and say that planet that goes you know bet this bam. is what I gave you <laughs> <laughs> it said spin the wheel see what you get if you have an air sign or a fire sign in your fourth house you may feel wanderlust but you also may be in the sort of you may have a vice of running from things you may have ran away from home A.K.A. I have both. Get out of my house. <laughs> Don't come over to my house. <laughs> A.K.A. I have both. <laughs> so. And that it's is true. When I, that I don't want you in my, my home. My Pluto is in Sagittarius. And it's, because, it's funny because it shifted right in 98. So I was like, that's the one generation. That's one of the generational planets we actually don't have. Interesting. Hmm. I know. It's weird. <laughs> Strange. Because it was like. Yeah, I think it was like April of 98 that it shifted into Sagittarius or something like that. That's so it was like one. right before you right. were born. Seriously. But if you have like Scorpio or even Cancer, if you have it, if you have Cancer in its natural sign, you're definitely one of those closed off sort of like I'm particular about who's in my house. It's my sanctuary, my safe space. Everyone get out of my house. 
full agreement. This is true. You may have close ties to your family, or you may be particular about family. You may have a small family. If you have Sagittarius here, you may have a big family, huge ass family. Or if you have Jupiter here, you may have a big family or want a big family. You may want a lot of like kids. If you have having Aquarius here means that you may want to adopt. That could also have to do with like your fifth house because that has to do with kids. But you may feel the need to like bring people in. You may be okay. You may have an eclectic house or like a commune type house, meaning like everyone can come and go. Mm, they, like, kind of like parties or like like have banquets. I was I was thinking kind of like um, like people who tend to live with their friends, like their close friends, like found yeah. family kind you of. You may thing. have. You may be in a roommate situation. Hi, us. <laughs> <laughs> Me with my fourth house of Aquarius, but you may have like a lot of. You may live with your friends. You may have a lot of friends. You may want to join a sorority and live in like a sorority house. God, that would be a fucking a nightmare. Yeah, you would say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said it, and then I was like, yeah, that sounds very, very, <laughs> that house, my stuff in that house. Mm-hmm. But if you have Libra there, because that is the, that's like the amicable or air sign, you may be the type of person who like wants to throw parties all the time. Every time it's like Christmas, everybody come to your house. Or a birthday, everybody's going to your house. You may... Also, having Libra there beautify your house because people are going to be there. Mm. You expect people to be there. So you may have, like, really pretty lemonade pitchers, and and you may have a swimming pool, and and you may, like, garden it up and have, like, pathways, you know, leading to everything, and a fountain in your backyard, and everyone can sit outside. That would be y'all. That's all I have. The third and the fourth house. I liked it. I got told some things. <laughs> <laughs> you told you about yourself. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Also, I realized... Oh, as um, I said, if you have your south node here like I do, you have some karma, you have some karmatic debt in your... in there, so... I'd have to check... <laughs> I'd have to check where my south node is because it's not on, on the chart that I have on my phone. So I'd have to check. Where is your... Your north node. Un momento, por favor. Uh, third house. I remember looking at it. It's in my third house. Yeah. Okay, so that means your south node is in your ninth house. Ah. Uh. They're directly opposite. Like, directly opposite. So, my true node is, my north node is in my tenth house, but it's in the sign Virgo. Mm. So, even though my south node is in my fourth house, it's in Pisces. Like right in that little sliver that turns turns into Pisces. Right. So it's actually not in Aquarius, but they're direct, like they're directly in opposition. Right. So that would tell you like the degrees and stuff, but I mean it's not. That's the opposite house. The opposite house. Oh wow! You really are supposed to be a writer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow. Well, because your north your north node is the direction you're supposed to take in this life. Mm. That is why the south node is your karmatic debt. Oh. It's the stuff you're hanging on to from your past life. Or if you don't believe in past lives, it's the stuff you're hanging on to from your childhood. 
i.e. your past. Mm. It's the stuff that you're still hanging on to, and it's the stuff you have to let go of because your north node is where you're supposed to be headed. Right. So since yours is in your third house, wow, you really are supposed to be a writer. <laughs> Girl. 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 My share on I mean, my third house also. also has to do with being published, so. Oh. Hmm. Well, I mean, because they're both about, they're both writing. Right. That makes mm. that's also about that is also about travel. I mean, we we're not we're not getting into it, but it's also a travel thing. So I find it interesting that you might have some carbon. Right. It makes me think of like the 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 tarot readings that I was watching, and all the past debt certain peeps owe me. <laughs> <laughs> from from doing me dirty the way that they did. <laughs> uh, you know, I, grandchildren and in-laws also are in the ninth house. Oh. You could have chromatic net there. You could have been a grandchild in the past or you had an in-law. May need to that may be like an old wound. I would not be surprised. Not at all. <laughs> it also covers, like, teachers and gurus and lawyers and judges. You may have some. It's also, like, Sagittarius naturally rules it, so you may have some, like, um, you may have went through something political or, like, a court thing mm. in a past life. This just makes me want to, like, dig into past lives again. And is that going to be my yeah. spiritual stuff to do this this month? Like, getting to past know life. if Persephone actually wants to work with me and getting into my past lives since she's a psychopomp. Yeah, because she gonna, she gonna dig it up. She gonna be like, oh, you wanna know? Takes a shovel and just puts it in my mind and just starts excavating. Excavating my soul. Well, I just found it really funny that I just said it could have to do with past life stuff and I actually have mine in the house of past lives of the fourth house. Wow, what happened in my past life? No, yeah, fine. we may need to do <laughs> <laughs> The two of us. It's like, wait, what happened to me? What the fuck? <laughs> hmm. What what media do you have to bring to the table today? Well, I had a hard time thinking. Because I was like, what has to do with communicating or houses? So then I picked Monster House. I love that movie. I know, it's so good. I watch it every Halloween. I feel like we talked about it around that time too. I know we've talked about it before. I think we but did. not like not like for the media definitely. aspect. Right. It was definitely in that barrage of Halloween movies that we talked about. So if y'all don't know, Monster House is about a monster house. <laughs> but it's a house that is possessed. My spirit. And an old man lives in that house. And these three kids try to figure out what the hell is going on with this house. And they do, because they go into her. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. Hooey. <laughs> the shit they get into. Anyway. Oh, my God. The main character lives across the street from the house, and the cranky old man is... Then at some point they think the cranky old man dies and he didn't die. 
and he helps them tame the house. Then you get into like his past and why the house is possessed, what happened to his wife. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I think it is it's CGI. Yeah. So you're down for that or not down for that, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I know sometimes it's not it actually still looks pretty good, but uh, you know how like Ooh, it came out in 06. So it's 2006 CGI. So do with that what you will. <laughs> Look up some stills before you watch it in case you don't enjoy CGI. Yeah. The budget was $75 million. Damn. I mean, I guess it is CGI. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> it made $141.9 million at the box office. Well, made it all that. You right. Then some. Right. So the movie is also set during Halloween. The wiki literally right here just says it's about a neighborhood being terrorized by a sentient haunted house. Oh, because the house does steal stuff. Yes, she do. She yeah. do that. She steals stuff from people. Yeah, didn't she steal that little girl's bike in the movie? Or the little yeah, boy? Whatever. That's the same thing I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that kid left it on her lawn or something and she just snatched it. Yeah, she, yeah, she did. Yeah, it says right here, with Halloween approaching, the trio must find a way to destroy the structure before innocent trick-or-treaters meet ghastly ends. Yeah, she's not a friendly house. She don't like you. She don't like anyone who looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But that makes me wonder because, like, I, I don't remember the movie. I don't remember what happens in the movie. But why the fuck? suddenly does she want to eat trick-or-treaters instead of like you know why does it suddenly become an issue when she's been there this whole time like i know like what what i i don't remember what made that year special well let me tell you <laughs> oh yeah she stole some dudes she stole the that kid's kite i remember that she's a thief the house is a thief She's a kleptomaniac in a house form. She's a klepto house. <laughs> a klepto house. A klepto, klepton house. No, I was trying to be clever. I'm not a klepto house. <laughs> also, I'll tell you, she gets pissed off because I go into her without permission. Yeah. And I, I would as well. I would as well. It's fair. Basically, if a woman says also, no, you stop. Also, believe them. <laughs> Of course. Of course. The older sister also doesn't believe them. Of course. Why is it always an older sister? It's never really like an older brother. Because I was just thinking of um, Paranorman. He has an older sister too. What is this? What is this? What is this phenomena? Is it because, like, the main characters are usually, like, boys for these movies? So they're like, okay, to balance it out, we'll give them an older sister. Probably. Man, my favorite thing about Paranorman, though, is the fact that the dude that she's crushing on ends up gay at the very end. And she's just like, oh. Oh. That be how it be. (laughs) My boyfriend would love you. You're what? (laughs) Oh, I remember. Okay, because, well, the wiki just told me, but I remember. Okay. So, 
The house is possessed by a spirit named Constance, which is Mr. Deborah Cracker's wife. She is called Constance the Giantess because she was a big fat lady. Oh, yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. Uh, so he met Constance, who was an unwilling member of the circus freak show, and fell in love with her despite her obesity and rescued her from the circus. So then after they got married, he bought the piece of land and he built that, He started to build the house. One Halloween, while he's building the house, two children started to torment her due to her size, and she lost her temper. She went to grab an axe and attack them, and she lost her footing and fell to her death into the unfinished basement. Mm. And he knew that it was her spirit, that it was his wife haunting the house and making it a monster house and terrorizing the town and the children. So he kept everybody out of the house in order to protect them from being eaten because he also didn't want to tear down the house. That's sad. Yeah. I remember, I do remember it being sad in the movie. <laughs> I remember, like, yeah. watching it and being like, aw. I remember, like, him, like, explaining that it was his wife and, and what happened to me. And, like, oh. Yeah. And when they were bullying her, I felt sad. But I also feel like the, the next, the, the, grabbing an axe to go attack them is not the, it's not the, that's not. <laughs> that wasn't, you know, violence the isn't the solution. solution. <laughs> Because then she just fell and died. She was a, you know, I will say this. She ain't that great. She was a bit of a bitter bad lady. Which why she turned into a bitter, decrepit house. Mm-hmm. Who would terrorize kids. Oh, and she died on Halloween. That's your, That answers your question. Oh. Mm-hmm. So every Halloween she would terrorize the community, right? Right. She died on those trick-or-treaters, so she don't like trick-or-treaters. Fair enough. So that's Monster House. I like it. It is a good Halloween movie. It is. It, I like how the beginning is a little bit spooky because you're just sitting here like, bro, what's wrong with the house? What the fuck is going on with that house? <laughs> what do you have? Okay. So, my media today is not um uh the non-fiction it's non-fiction it's not non-fiction it's not fiction it's non-fiction i know that whole little word vomit section um this time it's non-fiction it's not uh it is something you can consume but it's not something you're going to be consuming for like entertainment purposes so, the book that I bring to the table is The Witch's Book of Self-Care by Aaron Murphy Hiscock, and they are the author of The Green Witch. So, the reason I bring this to the table is because, you know, it's spring, it's new energy, it's uh, it's time to, like, revitalize yourself if you haven't done it recently, like, self-care. It's called The, the Book of Self-Care. So, that's why I bring it. Spring, self-care, they kind of go hand-in-hand for me. Like, in my head, it makes sense. But the book has five different chapters of, like, spells and rituals and uh, blah, blah, blah. I think there's some, like, food recipes in here, too. 
don't quote me. I don't particularly remember. I haven't. I obviously haven't done every single one of these. I've only done a few. Um, but the different sections are self-care and magic, mental and emotional self-care, physical self-care, spiritual self-care, and household self-care. So it's got a little spiritual bit of everything. Self-care. Spiritual self-care. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I I like we this. Need to do. <laughs> You, you're telling me. You're telling me after last last week's debacle of a week. But <laughs> yeah, it's got all kinds of things. Um, it has different. It looks like I just I just flipped to the spiritual self care section, and the first thing I noticed was that one of the section talks about gods. And. Uh, Animals, it looks like it gives you some gods that you can follow or look up. Uh, Demeter is one of those gods. Durga, which is a Hindu goddess, question mark. Goddess. She's on that that, that one, that Pinterest board. Actually, it has a lot of goddesses that I was talking about today. Uh, Durga, uh, Ir, Ir, E-I-R, a Norse god. Uh, Frigga. Idun, which I talked about earlier, Isis, Q and Yin, which is Buddhist, and uh, Minerva, which is Roman. So it has a few, few god goddesses associated with this. But yeah, it's got like all kinds of stuff. It's great. It has stuff about meditation in the spiritual section, um, incenses you can use, oils you can use. It's great. I enjoy it. Granted. I haven't really uh, taken the chance to use it a lot, but I have used it several times. Point being, it's it's great. Self care. It reminds me of those. Have you seen the ones that are like about signs too? Oh yeah, like the self care for Leo, self care for Taurus, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 That's what that reminds me of. I haven't. I remember, I think I picked one up. I picked up the one for Leo one time, but I never bought it. I don't remember why. Yeah, I know I skimmed through the one for Taurus, but I didn't buy it. I may have changed my mind. We may, I may have to go get it now. <laughs> may have to check. <laughs> maybe you could look at the Scorpio one. Maybe maybe it was because the Taurus one didn't resonate. So maybe if you look at the Scorpio That's one, fair. you're assess- your ascendant. My well, more out. like I was thinking, I don't need this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's it. But I agree. I should probably. You should probably do all your big three. Yeah. Like whatever that is for you, just or get this one since it's not about signs. If you're not an astrologer, yeah. Don't, don't do astrology. Just get the one we're talking about. Yeah. Get all of them. <laughs> you know what? You need to do self care. <laughs> you need to do self-care. It's springtime. It's time to renew your energy. It's time to become a new person. I was going to say new We're woman, but I'm not... kind of in a pandemic, so... Yeah. Take care of yourself, please. Yeah. I was, I was going to say woman, but then I was like, no. Not everybody here is a woman. Not everybody here has de- identifies as a woman. So, people. Whatever kind of person people. you are. People. New person. Yeah, people. Peeps. Become a whole new you. God. Shed your skin. I, <laughs> it makes me think of fucking Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> One of their New Year episodes was like, 
take off your skin and become a new person. I, I dead ass think that was said in the new one of the Night Vale episodes. Mm. Ooh, like a tarantula. Ew. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> well, if you want to hear more from us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram just by searching out Mixed Witches Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email, mixedwitchespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Society6, which is also at mixedwitchespodcast.com. Whoa, that's not it. <laughs> which is also at mixedwitchespodcast. That's our Society6, mixedwitchespodcast. But we also do have a website, and that is mixedwitchespodcast.squarespace.com. That one has a .com at the end. You can also go over there, and all of our episodes are over there. If you just want to, I don't know, binge them for whatever reason. Or not. Or you don't have to have a reason. I'd like you to. Yeah. Just, do that. Do that. just throw us on in the background and listen to us ramble while you do the dishes. That's what I do with podcasts. I just throw them on in the background while I do like household chores and stuff like that. It's great. But anyway, I do that with YouTube. I don't listen to podcasts as much as YouTube. Mm -hmm. As much as you do, but I I do that with YouTube. I'll just put it on. Right. Half pay attention to it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, hope you guys got some like something out of this. You learned about some goddesses. You learned way more than you ever wanted to learn about Persephone, maybe. Also, you you got a TED Talk about, like, myths. and Mythology. Pe- and people interpreting them. So hopefully you got something out of that. Hopefully at some point we can start really putting a lot of stuff on our website. Yeah. That too. When I'm not in, like, ankle deep. Not ankle deep. It's like... It's like waist deep in speech right now. <laughs> waist deep in my college course. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And hopefully we'll see you guys here next week. Bye. Bye. Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Thinking more, but doing less Keeping score, but failing at the test, y'all Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Chasing after that witch's brew You've got nothing better to do Cause you're sailing down Street again. Damn, X marks the spot, or is it O? Getting high, then feeling so low. Chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn.
fire We've burned He's in desire Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn about paradise Play those cards, baby, roll those dice Y'all chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn we well, and then it's not You start to go, and then you stop Cause you're sailing down Easy street again Damn, almost within reach But out of your grasp Drop at the bottom of your glass, y'all. Chasing, Chasing after, after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. damn.